0: Welcome, everybody, boys and girls, and football fans, and baseball fans, and hockey fans. It is episode one hundred and sixty-five of the TLDR podcast. We are back, recording on Tuesday for the first time. What feels like a long time. Not all super sleepy like last week because of Tyler. but yeah. that's okay. we're all here on time. We're killing it this week. Speaking of Tyler, my dude, how are you doing? How's water polo? That's why you were late last week.
1: Yeah. Uh doing well. Uh Waterpool had a rough weekend. They went 0 and two over the weekend. Um, but uh still winning record with three and two. Um it's is what it is. Um, but overall, you know, we're having a good year. Uh we're we're rolling right, right along. We're kind of in the in the thick of it. So uh all's good with that. And life's good. Life is good,
0: dog's good, friends are good, things are good. That's what we like to hear. Uh speaking of life and it turning and coming and <laughs> Getting old, trading. I hear your birthday's coming up, my dude. How are you? Yes, my birthday is coming up on
2: Sunday. Thank you uh, for that. Um, all, I'm going to see all all three of you guys um, at my house that Sunday. Uh, thank you, Alex, for in advance. I'll tell. I'll say thank you again. Um, I'm I'm okay. I'm actually have some back and neck issues right now, but we. Are. Um, you know what unlike the new NBA or more much like the new NBA that we don't take any days off and we don't, uh, we don't load manage around here. So uh, applaud. I applaud the NBA for that one. I also applaud myself for being here. Yeah.
0: You're, you're really battling sitting down. You're really <laughs> battling through this one. Um, yeah. The NBA. Yeah. They are working on the load management thing. So we'll, we'll probably talk about that at some other point, but James, you said last week, this like uh, week one of the NFL season, you were going to sit down and not move for, I would assume, ten to twelve hours. How many times did your butt cheeks leave your couch?
3: <laughs> uh, pretty often. Um, <laughs> but that's mainly because I probably have ADHD, and um, <laughs> I drank a lot of beer, so I had to get up and get more beer. And I was also hosting, so I had to get other people' beers. So a lot of beers were drank, which was a good thing. So all in all. Got some exercise, got to watch football, and then drank beer. So, I mean, it seems like a great day.
0: Yeah, that's that. I'm hearing only W's right there. Um, (laughs) But speaking of football and W's, week one of the NFL season is officially complete. Some ups and some downs for some teams. But James, we're starting off with you. Take it away, buddy.
3: Waiver wires are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, It's week one. There's not really much going on here, but we're going to talk about it anyway. But before we do that, we got to update everybody on our fantasy league. I am one to know. I won big. trade's also one to know. Alex lost. Megasmark Mark lost, and uh, Tyler had such a poor performance. I think he should be relegated. The man scored sixty-one points, and his opponent scored one hundred and twenty-six. Brutal showing, Tyler.
1: I think you should. No, be a penalty you know, hey, I think you know. Two of my keepers were on the shelf. Uh, and it was just one of those week one weird shit happened. You know, I'm not too worried about it. Obviously I'm, I've, I've, I've high priority on the waiver wire this week. So that's the big perk here. So, uh, I'm just going to move on and we're going to, we're going to keep chugging away and we'll, we'll be fine.
3: All right. And waiver wires, we're going to talk about it. So do the same thing we did the years before I go through about four people in, in quarterback, running back wide receiver, tight end, my picks for the week this week at quarterback. I have Jordan love out of green Bay rostered in 16% of leagues. He had 23 points against Chicago, 245 yards and three touchdowns, which is kind of impressive for a dude who like didn't have his wide receiver one. Christian Watson was shut down that game. He still had Romeo Dobbs. But let's just imagine for like a minute how much better he would be next game against the Falcons with his wide receiver one. That's why I like this guy a lot. Chayton, what do you think about him?
2: Yeah, um, I... I have to agree here. I mean, if, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting with Aaron Rodgers right now, you're looking for, you're looking for, a, you know, a replacement more than likely. Um, if you're sitting with Josh Allen, you're looking for a replacement. If you're looking for uh, uh Joe Burrow, you're looking for a replacement. All these great quarterbacks shit the bed. So you might just be uh, looking for a replacement. Oh, I'm totally kidding on the last couple, but Jordan love looked very good um, with, with green Bay. Um, you know, 15 for 27, 245 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He, 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 he was efficient, um, efficient enough um you know just to score you um a a good chunk of points um i I think that uh, you know unless we see what happens with a veteran quarterback coming into new york uh uh, down in new york with the jets uh jordan love i think is a safe bet to to um you know to pick up if you're having some trouble
3: at the quarterback Uh, what do you think about him
1: yeah i've been i've been i just got married i know that but i'm already against love here uh so that's (laughs) That's, oh my god. Yeah. Y'all love that one. I actually kind um, of
3: enjoyed that one. That wasn't terrible.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh I'm going to go with another guy, you know, kind of one of our favorite waiver wire picks we talk about a lot. Our back position, good old our old friend Derek Carr. Uh currently 28% of Week Zone, he's on a brand new team in the Saints. Uh currently I would definitely uh in my opinion in a system and a team that's much better than the teams he was on before. Week one had a pretty decent week. Fourteen point six points, one touchdown, one interception, three, three, hundred five yards, a, a pretty respectable sixty nine point seven per, uh, percent completion percentage. Um, they're playing Carolina in, in week two. You know, Derek Car in, in this new system. Just, I think that's a pretty good showing in his first week. Um, you know, he throws one or two more touchdowns, and you hit, and he's up in that twenty point range, which is exactly what you want for a, a quarterback. So, I think a bettering quarterback on a good team. At, you know he's like i said barely barely owned in 30 percent of leagues this could be a really solid replacement for a guy like aaron Rodgers that that just went down
3: yeah it's not it's not a terrible pick i mean i don't love it but i don't hate it uh fun fact he was outscored by jim garoppolo by 0.5 points that tells you the better quarterback is moving <laughs> on to running back <laughs> justice hill out of baltimore is my pick this week rostered in 0.3 percent of leagues points against Houston, eight carries for nine yards, and two touchdowns. Eight carries for nine yards is not a fun stat line to look at. But eight carries for nine yards and two touchdowns is a better stat line to look at. Two touchdowns is huge. This is kind of the end zone guy, right? J.K. Dobbins is out. The bulk of the load for running back is going to be Gus Edwards between the 20s. But in that 20-yard to 20 range, it's going to be Justice Hill. Lamar Jackson is isn't is going to be throwing as much, right? They're trying to switch that offensive system. He's not as accurate. Run the ball. Justice Hill is going to run the ball. And if you're not really having that running back by committee or a solo running back who's not running back by committee, you're really looking for touchdowns. And that's what Justice Hill provides. It's touchdowns. Tyler, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's obviously, it's a very small sample size with this guy. Um, but I think Everything points to this guy putting up big fantasy numbers in a, in a system that loves to, to to run the ball. And then you got one of their biggest running backs going on the shelf in, in Dobbins, uh, out with his uh, Achilles injury. You know, already putting up 12.9 fantasy points on minimal carries, on, on a minimal load, just because he seems to be that red zone presence. Um, you know, again, early sample size, but there's a lot to like here. Uh, so I think Justice Hill is a pretty good pickup.
3: Tyler. Or not, the trading both names out. Team, and you guys are both white. Yeah, your
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the pick. I'm a little concerned about um, you know, I, I think that we're gonna see a a run uh, running back by committee there, and you have to add in um, you you have to add in the quarterback presence alone that runs, that, you know, he runs the ball alone. So let's add a different, let's add a different guy. Um, which uh, for a team that is another run by committee situation, um, but he's likely on waivers due to the presence of uh, Bijan Bijan. mustard Robinson Uh, it's Tyler Algier uh, out of in Atlanta. Um, He actually outscored uh, Robinson fantasy points, racking up two touchdowns and 94 total yards. I would say that this is going to be, this is going to continue to be, you know, the, the way atlanta plays i mean the, uh, the the running game was on point they have these two stellar running backs and i think both of them are going to get great touches tyler agier is not going to co- run become your rb1 by any means um but uh, i think he's a great pickup um especially if they're gonna continue to um you know move the ball between both of them um i think you have a, a lot of opportunity to score a lot of points uh come week two and beyond
3: I mean, for the sake of my fantasy league, my team, I hope you're wrong. (laughs) I like like him to get the ball a lot more. Moving on to wide receiver. This is my favorite pick yet. Puka Nakua, Los Angeles Rams. 2.3% rostered, 21.9 points against Seattle. 10 receptions on 15 targets for 119 yards. And this is just so much better because they beat Seattle. They hate Seattle. 15 targets, ladies and gentlemen. That is massive. You targets targets are earned. They're not just given. You have to have that level of trust between you and your quarterback, and he has that level of trust as a rookie. And I get it. Cooper Cup is out. When he gets back in Week Four, or if he gets back in Week Four, those targets are going to go down. But he's still going to be the wide receiver too. And Stafford loves him. Why don't you just use him for the next couple of weeks? Obviously, not Week Two. He's playing against the Niners Week Two. Don't use him there. Stafford Week Three and Four. They play Cincinnati then Indiana. Indianapolis the Colts both teams are kind of end the Colts very much more so Um, and at the end of the day targets are targets when you get those targets you get trust Alex what are your thoughts
0: yeah James you nailed it on kind of everything you know obviously when Cup comes back he will be the number one guy and you know the Rams seem to kind of shock the world I guess a little bit with beating the Seahawks last year but Puka looked amazing and you know Stafford is likes to have his guy and if he's got that trust already, then he's going to throw to him a lot. It was a 40% target share. Like you were mentioning, that's a really big number, probably going to go down a little bit. Um, yeah. Do not play him this week. Obviously the Niners are one of the better defenses in the league, but um, you know, coming up with Cincy and Indianapolis, those are two teams that will, especially with Indy, like you mentioned they're dog shit since he obviously started really poorly, we expect them to be better. But even in our previews, James, you mentioned how we were a little worried about their defense. So he feels like a a good start. And if anything, you know, grab him, stash him, and just wait to kind of see how he does against this, you know, godly Niners defense. And if he shows you just any positives, that's just another reason to have him on your team and just keep looking at him. So um, I'm not saying start him this week against the Niners defense, but at least least try to grab him if you can and, and then just watch what he does. Great, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, um you know, Alex, I think you're right. I think beyond this week, uh you know, I think he's good pickup. But I have someone for you guys this week because, um, you know, also Alex, I'll back you up. I got you a guy for this week. How about that? I got you Rashid Shaheed out of New Orleans. Uh, um, he looked very, very good, catching five or six targets for 89 yards and a touchdown off the hands of Derek Carr. I think that he's just playing off of uh, a pretty solid rookie season. I think that we're going to see you know, now that Derek Carr, you know, is behind center. I think that, I think that that whole team is to Tyler's point is, is kind of calmed down. The offense looks a little bit better. It took a little bit to kind of break through it throughout the game, but as soon as it continues to, um, you know, improve, I think that Derek Carr is going to improve and you're going to see. So, and and you're going to see the whole offense, including Shahid, um, you know, see more targets they're playing Carolina. That's a much better matchup than than the Niners that Alex was mentioning. So for this week,
3: because we're talking about Week Two waiver wires, I got you. I like it. I like the uh, technicalities there. Moving on to tight end Hayden Hurst out of Carolina, the team that Trade just talked about. Four point eight percent rostered, fifteen point one points against the Falcons. Five five receptions on seven targets for forty-one yards and a touchdown. I'm going to take Trayton's quotes out of this one, but he's become Bryce Young's safety blanket, which is fantastic. You know that's that's what you want to be for a rookie quarterback who's going to be easily spooked. He's probably going to see ghosts like Sam Darnold did at one point, and he's it, going to have to throw somewhere. And you got to throw to the guy who you're most comfortable with, and it's probably a tight end because they run those short slants, those a very small route tree where they're not running deep, and it's not a long progression. That's a quick one-two fine step drop throw. That's what it's looking like for Hayden Hurst. He plays the New Orleans Saints next game, which is a pretty good defense. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Carolina Panthers suck. (laughs) They're going to be behind a lot. They're going to have to pass a lot. So there's more opportunities for him to get the ball. Kevin, what do you think?
2: I I actually love this pick, especially with, you know, tight ends are so weird because of injuries and because, you know, at at some point you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel in some cases. I think this is actually a pretty safe pickup. I mean, like you said, I think we have a, a security blanket type situation here. Miles Sanders was the most involved player for the entire Carolina Panthers. Followed only by by Hayden Hurst, uh, he garnered a team high seven targets, uh, five receptions, forty one yards, and a touchdown. Scoring is what gets you points in on, at the tight end position, and if he's going to continue to being that important factor for uh for uh, Bryce Young. I think that this is a a easy pickup if you're looking for a tight end.
0: Alex, why do you hate Hayden Hurst? I don't hate Hayden Hurst, and I do think that's a good pickup, but he is playing against a defense that is very good in the Saints. So that's the part that's like a little bit worrisome to me. So would you rather have a tight end that's getting thrown by a rookie now in his second start ever, or a multiple-time Pro Bowler quarterback and who's taken someone to the Super Bowl? That's my guy, Jared Goff. So I'm talking Sam Laporta, the tight end for the Detroit Lions, who are playing, James, you're welcome, the Seattle Seahawks, who are shit. So. He had, he had five catches, you know, he didn't have a, didn't have a, um, didn't have a touchdown. So his you know, didn't have like a huge fantasy week, but they're coming off. Not only are they coming off a huge win over the chiefs on opening night, but now they get extra days because they played Thursday to prepare for Seattle Seahawks who just got torched by, you know, Matt Stafford and three kind of scrubbish, except for Puka, my guy now, uh, you know, wide receiver. So Samuel Porta feels like a fringe start. um, You know, if, Hayden Hurst is a great option as well, kind of the bigger name, but trying to kind of go go for broke, Sam Laporta is not a bad option.
3: I actually like that pick a lot. I'm seeing looking at their schedule coming up. Seattle, Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina, and then Tampa Bay. That's another five weeks of really high production if you get Sam Laporta. That's not a bad pick. Actually. I actually like it. And that wraps up my waivers. I hope it helps you guys win leagues, just as long as it's not in my league. <laughs>
0: Thank you, James. Yeah, week one is done. Uh, Week two, obviously, coming up pretty quick here. So I hope everyone had a great fantasy week one. Tyler and I will just hopefully it'll go better next week. It probably won't, but that's fine. We are going to take a quick break, and then hockey is back. Kind of. Welcome back, everyone. Just like how I started NBA previews last week and Traden was hosting, now we're flip-flopping. I'm hosting and Traden is going to start his NHL previews. It is, we're into, you know, mid-September already. Somehow it's crazy. Hockey is around the corner. Traden, take it away. Yes. um, You started in the East, Alex,
2: Uh, um, and I'm going to start in the East as well. I'm going to start in the Metro division, probably the division that, not probably I care about the least uh, mostly because I don't hate anybody in the Metro and I hate, and I hate teams in the, in the Atlantic. So you care more about the, about the teams you hate. Um, so this, this is going to go very similar to how Alex went. I'm, you know, I'm, we're going to go through all these teams and uh, you know, ask us a couple of questions about to the guys and uh, you know, see where everybody's, you know, heads at in terms of um, in terms of, you know, where the Metro is going to, going to come out to. So, um, uh, just for the record, I have Pittsburgh and Columbus. So I'm going to start with the team that did get eighth in the Metro. Uh, and that is the Columbus blue jackets. Um, this year in comes in, uh, rookie Adam Fantilli should have been with the ducks, but here we are. Dimitri v- of uh, Ivan Provorov is coming left, uh, defenseman, uh, and Damon Severson and coach B- Mike Babcock is back behind, uh, as a bench boss, um, out is Jacob Borachek gave in. A, a defenseman i don't even know lane peterson michael hutchinson and um coach brad larson obviously um columbus ended with 59 points last season everything that that could have gone wrong did go wrong um m- really i'm just going to keep this simple i i actually see columbus you know the pendulum swinging massively um i i don't see them necessarily i don't have them as shoe in as a as a as a um you know a, a the playoff team, but they are going to be, they're going to be fully healthy this season. They're going to be shot off on a much better foot. They have these new, they have, um, you know, new, new blood coming in to, to change the competitiveness of the team, uh, um, alongside, uh, Mike Babcock, you know, you love him or you hate him. He's going to, he, you know, he's going to make some difference. So I actually see, uh, you know, Columbus fighting for a playoff spot, at least through maybe, uh, you know, February. I know that's kind of crazy, but obviously once February kind of hits the teams that kind of go all the way, have have, have gone all the way. So, um, the over under this, this year is for 71 and a half points for everyone. Uh, just to give you guys a heads up, if you're around the mid nineties, that's your, that's your playoff that's your playoff uh, uh target. um it can be anywhere between 93 and 98 depending on depending on the division you're in or the conference you're in. um so for Columbus it's uh, 71 and a half that's where it's opening uh, that's where it's opening. They opened last year 79 and a half and they finished with 59. So James over under on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Under. Under for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So you do not have uh thinking what I'm thinking. Okay, so uh what about you Tyler? I'm going to go over. You over? You like them? Okay, I like it. I like it. I like to be different. Um, and Alex, that's a great line. I think I'm also going to go under, though. Okay, uh, it is. It is a good line. I think you know. I think. I think we're just going to see a better team. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, it, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they how they fare um, with the rest of the division. Kind of looking very interesting, and in the Atlanta looking even more interesting. Looking at the next team um, that finished seventh. Uh, that would be the Philadelphia Flyers with um a whopping 75 points, actually a lot better than than the Columbus Blue Jackets, but just a dismal season. Um uh 31 wins, 38 losses, and 13 overtime points, you know, bullshit points. Um, you know, we 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 love those around here. We really do. Um uh, in comes Ryan Poling, Garnet Hathaway, Mark Stahl, Sean Walker, and Cal Peterson. Out is Kevin Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, James Van Rienzeit, Brendan Lemieux, Ivan Provorov, and Justin Braun. A very interesting situation where Philly has kind of brought it to the studs. So, Tyler, I ask you, are we going to see any glint of hope for the Philadelphia Flyers? Now, we know they're not going to make the playoffs, but are we going to see some sort of you know move in the right direction or light at the end of the tunnel?
1: Probably not. Um, at least, least, least not, not this year. Um, I do think that, you know, them making some changes in the front office to try and build a better culture and, you know, trying to get back in the winning to their, to their winning ways. Um, I, so there's, there's changes happening, which is a positive, I think, you know, obviously what they were doing was not working. So I think going in this new direction, hopefully, um, will start that process. But I think for right now, it's just too soon to kind of really see any glimpses of that. Um, I just don't think it's going to be a, be a good season, but, um, I do, hopefully it's just kind of the you know, start of the beginning of a new era for the flyers. Um, so hopefully in in a few years we'll really start to kind of see the fruits of their labor, but it's going to take a few years for that winning to come back.
2: Yeah. Um, it, it it it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually at least make their fan look or feel like there's something some hope there but the over under vegas is setting them at 76 and a half points well well out of uh, contention for playoffs um last year it opened up at 78 and a half and they missed at 75 james over under 76 and a half points going under again under again you do not like this division tyler i'm going to go under on this one under on this one alex yeah under I think we're all under. Um, we just, I just can't trust this team, um, and there's a reason for that. Um, maybe we'll trust this next team, Washington Capitals, that finished sixth in the uh, in the division uh, last year uh, with eighty points, uh, uh, thirty-five wins, thirty-seven losses, and ten overtime bullshit points. Uh, in comes Max Pacioretty. Hopefully, he stays healthy. Uh, Matthew Phillips, Joel Edmondson, and Coach Spencer Carberry. Out is Connor Sherry, Craig Smith, Connor Brown, Gabriel Carlson, Carl Haglund, and coach Peter Laviolette. It seems to me like the, the heyday is over for the Capitals, but, you know, the crazier things, um, you know, have happened. Um, James, I ask you, are we going to see the start of the Washington Capitals just focus on getting Alex Ovechkin, his, his scoring record, or are they actually going to be competing for a playoff spot?
3: So before I did the research on this question, I would have been like, oh, yeah, man, this team is just throwing in the towel and they're going to get OV his, his record. But then after looking at stats, what had perspired over the last season, my stance has completely changed. Hmm. First things first, Rasmus Sandy that they got in the trade, great defenseman, really good at what he does, very good puck mover. And he's he had like, what, 15 points in 19 games last year with the Caps with the new team? That's huge. He's going to do great and feed Ovi the puck, which he's supposed to do anyway, right? But then you look at what happened injury-wise for this team. Backstrom missed 42 games last season. Tom Wilson, 49 games. John Carlson, 42 games. TJ Oshie, 24 games. That's at least 50% of the season for the majority of these guys. Mm-hmm. And that's those are big names. Those are big players. They're good at what they do. And for the Capitals to do as well as they did and finish with 80 points, with that many injuries, that many key guys, it's a little astonishing. So, if these guys can stay healthy, if Pat Shiretti can come back and be healthy, if the Spencer Carberry can incorporate Rasmus Sandin in a better way and just keep feeding o- Ovi the puck, then yeah, we'll see Ovi get close to that goal record, and we'll see. I think we'll see this Capitals team pushing for a wildcard spot.
2: I like it. I like it. Um, so, James, I'm going to start with you. The over/under set at 85 and a half. So, ten probably ten. 10- but you know give or take 10 points away from a playoff spot it opened at 93 and a half which would have put them in uh but they finished with 80 so uh over under 85 and a half over over so you, so you do think they're really going to be pushing for i like it yeah. alex
0: about you buddy james you convinced me i was also going to go under but i'm going to go over but they missed the playoffs okay uh tyler i'll go over as well
2: you go over as well i'm going to say under um I, I do like what you say, James, um, and I, I do appreciate that the Capitals are going to be competitive. I just think they're just, I, I just can't trust them right now. And, you know, the age factor is there, and th- there's way too many young teams that are coming in and, and making a push. And the Capitals might be just on their way done, <laughs> to be done, unfortunately. um, You know, obviously, you know, we'll see, but, um, you know, as they get older, things don't look too great. So now we're moving on to the other team, their biggest rival that missed the playoffs as well for the first time. Both these teams missing the playoffs since both of these players, since both the big players on each team, um, uh, joined the league. And that's the Pittsburgh Penguins that finished fifth in the division with 91 points, just two points out with an absolute ridiculous, uh, you know, ending to their season that was very, very sad to see <laughs> to an extent. Um, in comes Eric Carlson, Riley Smith former Stanley Cup winner, Matt Nieto, um, Nola Chari, Rem Pitlick, Lars Eller, Vinny Hinestroza, Ryan Graves, Alex Nadelkovich, and GM Kyle Dubas out as Jason Zucker Michael Granlin, Jeff Petrie, Brian Dumoulin, Jan Ruda, (laughs) Taunton Heinen, Casey DeSmith, Brian Poling, Josh Archibald, and, uh, Ron Heck and GM Ron Hextall. Um, I, I, I think that they're a better team than last year. Holy shit! They they completely kind of changed. Like Kyle Dubas came in and, and did his work, um, and and bringing in Carlson and Graves, I think are big upgrades on the back end. Even if Carlson brings age, he, he's just he's just that force on the offensive side. Defensive side, we have a problem. Um, they're probably going to start Tristan Jari, and that is a scary you know notion for me. <laughs> so. I don't know where this team's gonna, gonna fit. I think we're going to have a very similar situation that they're going to be very close. They could lose out by a couple points, but, um, but it's going to be a dog fight. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, I, I think they're probably gonna be on the outside looking in, but who knows, maybe they're, maybe they're going to galvanize and, um, you know, change things, especially with Riley Smith, that veteran presence who just won a Stanley cup. He's going to want to taste that again. And Errol Carlson, that, has never won, um, is going to really want to, um, uh, you know, considering he's getting older and older and he's going to be uh, on his way out very soon. Pittsburgh Penguins, the, uh, the, uh, odds have them at 96 and a half points. That is probably good enough for playoffs. They opened at one Oh one and a half last season. They finished with 91 well under, um, they just could not, um, get it together. So Alex, where are you with the Pittsburgh Penguins at 96 and a half?
0: Oh, I'm going to go under. I think they get 95 points. 95. Okay. Uh, Jeans.
3: ah uh, that's a really close one. I I'm
2: also going to go under. <laughs> under yeah, it, it's a tight one. I mean, that 96 and a half is that's putting them into, you know, easily into the wild card. Uh so that's that's a tough one, Tyler. I'm going to go under as well. Yeah, I think I think I'm under 2. Um I just think that's a little high and maybe Vegas just you know, um, you know, see something that we don't, <laughs> you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, here we are, um, Alex. We're finally going to get to you. <laughs> okay. uh, no, no, you know what? We're not. Uh, I don't yeah. know who's, who's taking the uh, the New York Islanders. Oh, it's Tyler. So oh, I got Alex, the you still have
0: to wait. Still have to wait I ended picking the top bit. two teams, and I apologize for that. <laughs> you're fine. No, I, I apologize my, that, that you're not
2: getting much time. Uh, but here we are. We're we're going to start with the first team that we're going to discuss today that made the playoffs and that is the New York Islanders by the skin of their fucking teeth with 93 points, 42 wins, 31 losses and nine overtime bullshit points. For the New York Islanders, I I mean, very not much went on. Um, in comes Julian Gauthier, out goes Josh Bailey, Zach Brise, Parker Walterspoon and uh, Cole Bard- Um, uh, Tyler, uh, <laughs> this is the team that I, I think that, you know, with, with they haven't. clearly have an issue with scoring. And my, I guess my question is, is it time that Lou Lamarillo finally decides that he's going to find his scoring prowess? Or is this the time that we finally see, you know, uh, and is Borovac enough, you know, from uh, Vancouver last year and finally he's going to get a full time with the Isles? Or is, is it time for Lou Lamarillo to look at this team and say, you know what, we need to do a formal teardown and rebuild under this new kind
1: of game
2: that we've seen cuz it's kind of old school.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it'll depend on on kind of how they start. I think, you know, if if they're in a playoff contention spot at trade deadline, they're most likely be going for a score again. Um and I think they should. I think if as long as they're still in contention and they they still have a good enough system, they should definitely go for it and try to keep adding, adding to that scoring. Um this is still like you said we talk about a lot how kind of boring and old school this team is, but at the end of the day in the, in the modern NHL, you got to be able to put up points um, and the Islanders certainly lack in the area, but they are a very good fundamentally sound team. That's going to win a lot of games based on that. So I still like the Islanders can con- contending for, for a playoff spot. And I, I think that they will be buyers come uh, trade deadline for a, a, another score. Let's hope they actually buy. Um, that's, that's been the biggest issue.
2: Um, you know, I, 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 will <laughs> never understand why they, why they don't, uh, but, but I guess they got Bohar little so they did something, but Tyler Vegas kind of agrees with you, um, in being a contender, they're at 92 and a half for the New York Islanders. So I'm going to ask you right off the hop. I mean, 92 and a is probably not enough to make it in this tough, tough conference, but that's fighting for it. So do you have them at over or under 92 and a half points?
1: Yeah, I definitely got them over kind of based on what I was saying. I, I, I think that they will be of a, a good solid wildcard contender for sure. Like it. Uh, James, do you have 92 and a half I- Islanders over-under? Under.
2: Under? You are not... You are fading the Islanders. Alex?
0: I'm going under as well. Going under as team, well. Team
2: James. <laughs> team James. <laughs> uh, see, it, it, it's the scoring for me that is the question. I have everyone under except the Blue Jackets so far, so I'm, <laughs> I'm fading the entire division. I think things are going to change here once we, uh, once we discuss the next three teams, um, but I, I, I don't know what to think about the Islanders. I really really don't. Um, you know, but nonetheless, here we are. Finally, we get we get to talk, Alex. You finally get to talk. We're going to talk the third team in the Metro, which would be the New York Iron, the New York Rangers. Uh, that is, oh my god, I feel I just feel bad for Alex. It's funny no, because I picked the two best teams. <laughs> the, yeah. So, so New York sits, sat with 107 points, the, the, the huge Delta between, you know, the New York Islanders and the, and the Rangers, um, Rangers were the third team in the Metro, which made, which, uh, you know, granted them an automatic bid into, um, the, the playoffs in a better position than obviously their, their counterparts, um, uh, um, uh, in New York, uh, on the long Island, um, in comes Blake Wheeler, Nick Bonino, Tyler Pilek, Eric Gustafson and Johnny Quick. LA Kings fans and coach Peter Laviolette. So a little bit of a coaching carousel out is Tyler Mott, Vlad Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, Yaroslav Halak, Nico Mikola and coach Gerard Gallant. James, this team had too many cooks in the kitchen. I think that was pretty, uh, pretty clear. And you did not think that was going to be a case if I'm not mistaken. And you get kind of blew up in your face, (laughs) but this team has got a different, type of player in, you know, the Blake wheelers, Nick Beninos, the Tyler Pitlicks. These are the guys that are gritty, that are a bit more grounded, that don't may, maybe don't have the flash, but you already have that, um, throughout the lineup. So I ask you, are the Rangers going to be the best team in the Metro? And, uh, are, do you think they're going to push out the hurricanes as the top team in this division?
3: There's a chance there's I I wouldn't say confidently, like, yeah, they're going to be the team to beat. Because the next two teams we're going to talk about that Alex wanted to talk about are great just as well. Um, But yeah, you're right. I did not think they had too much too many cooks in the kitchen, but they clearly did because they didn't do too hot. But with the additions they made this offseason, like you had mentioned, they brought in a ton of age, (laughs) like 37 year old Blake Wheeler, 35 year old Nick Benino. I have no idea how old Jonathan Quick is, but I think he's like 53. (laughs) Uh, But he like (laughs) they brought in some age, and with that comes experience, and with that comes the the need to not be the guy, even though you were the guy somewhere else, which is great. Blake Wheeler, man, still great with assists. That's going to be helpful on that second line. Eric Gustafson is a great public defenseman. They're finally going to be able to get the puck to the guys who need it the most, who have been there, done that for that team for the longest time, and Panarin and Mika. That's what they needed. They got to. They got to. You got to keep it simple and give it to two, one or two guys who can be the guy instead of having to shuffle it around and hope somebody takes a shot. So. I think they're gonna be better off than they were last year. Do I think they're gonna be number one? Ah, it's like somewhere in between like the it's it's forty-one percent to fifty-one percent for me. It's a coin flip. It's like it's it's so close that there is a possibility, but it just really depends on how fast this team starts. Because this division, the top three in this division will go quick. And so the faster you start here, the better position you are later on because there's gonna be ebbs and flows. And whenever that happens, you got you got to have that 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 base on there. So we'll see how that goes. But I, I there's a shot they make it, but I don't think that they're number one.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you look at all the top three teams, and they and they're just so close. Um, but I do think that the Rangers are just a better rounded team. Um, and unfortunately, the Vegas does not necessarily think so. Although this could be the case of other teams, you know, moving up and and, and making it. A- a little bit harder for the New York Rangers. They have them at 103 and a half points. Easily, easily playoff contenders, but not probably not good enough to win the division. They opened at 99 and a half last season, finished with 107. So James, where are you with the New York Islanders and not at or, no, I'm sorry, New York Rangers at 103 and a half points? Over. Over. Okay. Um uh, I'm going to take the over with this team as well. Um I I think I think we should expect more of that. Alex, what about you? Yeah, this isn't over for me. It's not over for you. What about you, Ty? over over so we, we might see another discrepancy where the bottom half of this division sucks and the top half is just is just beastly um you, you kind of see that at, at, from time to time unlike the pacific division that was very tight um doesn't seem like this going to be the case this year now now alex it is your turn okay uh, we get to talk about your new jersey devils who finished yes. second one point behind the carolina hurricanes um who they who they ended up losing to in the, in the, uh, I'm sorry, who they ended up losing. T- I'm, I, and I'm drawing a blank because it really, it's been too, too long since hockey was out. But at the end of the day, doesn't matter. They had 112 points, one point behind the Carolina Hurricanes, 52 wins, 22 losses, and eight loser points. In comes your boy, Tyler Toffoli, Chris Tierney, Thomas Nosek, and Colin Miller. Out goes Thomas Tatar, Damon Severson, um, Igor Scherz. Shara Go- Govich. Miles Wood and Ryan Graves. So I ask you, Alex, this is a team that I think surprised us. I know that they surprised you. You drafted them in our, in our uh, you know, in season cup, which is coming back. Um, that's a little, se- that's a little preview. Um, they, they, they looked very, very good, but that, that, I think that age issue kind of got to them. They're, they're, they're almost too young. They're a year, they're a year experienced. Is this team the scary team of this division?
0: Kind of, uh, I mean, I think you look at them and bringing in to fully just like with the Islanders and Bo Horvat, you get Timo Meyer now for, uh, you know, an extended period a full, you know, a full off season with the, with the Devils. um, you know, Dougie Hamilton really stepped up on that decor last year and this team looks good and they're young. They've got another Hughes coming. Their prospect depth is insane. The New Jersey devils are the team on the rise in the Eastern conference, um, and yeah, I definitely think a lot of that that young playoff inexperience didn't help. They did beat the Rangers, though, with all that playoff experience. So sometimes youth wins out. Um, but I think this team is just set to keep, keep rising, keep rising. The goaltending situation is a little bit of a question mark moving forward. Um, you know, I think they switched goalies in the middle of that playoff series. But watch out, Hellebuck, John Gibson, you could be a New Jersey Devil come trade deadline. I, I love that. Um, I, I think I think I,
2: I I agree mostly with you about the the biggest question mark being the goaltending situation. I mean, if they had Igor Shisterkin, uh, you know but obviously New York Rangers have to have the goaltending goaltender of the division. If they have Igor Shosturkin, this team is unbeatable. This team does not lose a fucking hockey game (laughs) or, uh, you know, they'd be very seldom. So it'll be very interesting to see if, um, a Schmid is going to, you know, um, keep his number one spot as as the rookie last year or, uh, Vidic Vanacek is finally going to, you know, figure it out. But, um, Alex, Vegas has the New New Jersey devils with a whopping 108 and a half points. That is a, that is a step back. But again, I think it has to do with, you know, uh, you know, 112 is a lot of points. (laughs) That's that's to be real. Um, But this would be ahead of the New York Rangers. So they do have them ahead of the New York Rangers and for, uh, for help for everybody. Um, below the Carolina hurricanes, so the Carolina hurricanes have, have are expected to have more points. They opened up with an eighty eight and a half spread they finished with hundred and twelve
0: completely fucking destroyed it. So where are you with uh, the devil's Alex I'm gonna go over that's a lot of points um you know, pretty much like you mentioned. I mean anything into the h- hundreds is a guaranteed playoff spot pretty much at this point. you know most likely you're not in the wild card spot at that point either, so I'm gonna go over. I think the Devils are are just waiting to for the season to start. They're really excited. I like it, too. I like them over. Um, what about you, Tyler? 108 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to
1: agree. Over. I think this team's on the rise, and they're going to just keep cooking. Is hockey too predictable, James?
3: No, because I'm saying under.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow, you're not a
3: fan. You're not a fan. I've uh, never liked New Jersey, man. Ever since that freaking Stanley Cup thing that we did, not a fan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, now we're going to talk,
2: uh, Alex, we're going right back to you. We're talking about the Carolina Hurricanes that did make it to the West uh, Eastern Conference Final. I, w- I was right. They did lose to, or uh, they did beat the New Jersey Devils kind of handedly after a, after a game or two. Uh, and they finished with 113 points, just one ahead of the of New Jersey Devils with this stupid loser point. They went 52, 21, and nine. That's the only reason that they were there, <laughs> interestingly enough. Um, Ka- Carolina has just been the dominant force in this division. Uh, in comes Michael Bunting from Toronto, Brendan Lemieux, Dmitri Orlov, Tony D'Angelo, and Caleb Jones. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, again, asterisks. Um, out goes Max Pacioretty, Shane Gossespierre, Paul Statsny, Calvin DeHaan, and Derek Stepan. Alex, this team has just been kind of a dominant force of this division, but they have not been able to get to the Stanley Cup Final, they made it to the Eastern Conference Final. I think that we kind of were surprised because we didn't think they could be done, but here we are. They have an aging goaltending unit, but that that's very, very good. Their defense is one of the best in the division, in the let alone division, the entire league. Do you think that this is a team that is a shoe in for the top divi, top spot? Oh, and do you see this team being dynamic enough to make it to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time in seemingly forever?
1: A shoe
0: in is a strong phrasing. I, I think they're the heavy favorite, and I think that we should be looking at them as one of the strongest contenders coming out of the Eastern Conference. Um, I, I still think they're the, they were, they're the favorite to win this division. Look, this team has all the pieces. They, they're, they're built top to bottom. I'm a trade and I'm really sorry to say this unlike teams like Toronto or Edmonton who are very top heavy and don't have the depth. And we see that fail in the playoffs. I think the Carolina hurricanes, if Svechnikov was healthy coming in to the playoffs last year, I mean, he didn't play at all, but if he was healthy, totally different series, Look, like he's only 23 years old. That is blows my mind. Yeah, been no, like like my mind. eight years been around a long time. Yeah. He, you know, and the, the hurricanes, they don't have that superstar, superstar McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, but they, and they don't, you know, but they get get depth from all over the place. And I know Tony D'Angelo is, you can think about him however you want to think about him, but he and Brett Burns together, now leading those power play units on the defensive, a defensive side and being a, you know, positive or like an offensive defenseman will be a huge for them just because, you know, burns is 38 years old whoever old he is you never know how long he's going to hold up but this team they have all the pieces they just need to execute
2: they just need to execute and i and i think at the end of the day they, they're not going to care about their points and i think you agree with that um it's just kind of given to them because the bottom half of this division is 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 well below them um but um it, it really comes down to if they can you know complete it and go and go through the playoffs. So that's their biggest question mark. Um but my last question mark for you guys. They have the the pundits have the hurricanes at 111.5 points. That's ridiculous, but at the end of the day they finished with 113 this year. They opened at 103 and a half handedly handedly um took the uh uh took over there. So um obviously they think Vegas, uh, Vegas likes Carolina a lot more this year. So Alex, where are you at? 111 and a hundred and eleven and half, a hundred and thirteen last season.
0: Yeah, going over on a hundred and eleven and a half is a bold move, but I'm doing it. Oh I love it. Carolina
2: I love it. Um, I'm going to take the under. I think that's a little steep, especially because I do have the Rangers going over and the Devils going over and the Blue Jackets going over. And I know that they're not going to contend, but they're taking points away from someone. Uh, so we can assume that it may be the Hurricanes every now and then uh, for a couple of games. So James over under 111 and a half.
3: I got to agree with Alex, man. I got to go over. It's a bold move, but it's a lot like my favorite Del Taco order. It's so bold, bold hey, in. Hey, it
2: is a competition. It is a competition. So you got to be different. Tyler, are
1: you going to go with me or are you going to go with the boys? I'm going to go with you. Yeah, 111 just seems a little too high to go to bet um, over. So I think Sigat's still a very good team, but I'm going to go under 111. It scares me too. Not that I don't think they can do it. It's just I don't know that I can bet that. <laughs> That's a lot
2: of points. Uh, considering only two or three teams even did it actually. Yeah. They're one of two teams that even did it. So, or one of three teams, excuse me. So, uh, you know, obviously James and Alex are going to be rooting for that. (laughs) Um, that's all I have for the Metro this, uh, this week, um, Alex, we are going to go through the next three divisions over the next four weeks because I will be hosting in there. And on the last week, um, or yeah, I guess in the last week we're going to be doing the, uh, the in season cup draft. So, uh, everyone's going to be excited for that. And I loved it. You guys are going to love it. And I can't wait for that.
0: Awesome, Traden. Yeah, thank you so much. little teaser for next week. The Bruins are not going to score 136 points again. So uh, there's some the points <laughs> out there, NHL teams. I'm just letting you know, James. That's our, an easy bet. <laughs> our overs are going to hit. Uh, Traden, thank you so much. I'm so pumped for hockey to come back. And yeah, it's kind of same with me. There's no teams in this division that I really hate. So it's kind of fun to just talk about them. We'll get to some other teams a little bit later on. We're going to take one final break, and then Tyler is going to take us through his O'Dams. Welcome back, everyone. We are getting into it. The playoff races are heating up. The Atlanta Braves have technically clinched a playoff spot, which means things are for real. Tyler, take it away.
1: Yeah, we're getting to that point of the year. We got the magic numbers everywhere. Um, a lot of teams still very far away, but uh, we're to talk about the the National League wild card, which is there is a. About six, you can argue maybe seven, but really just six teams that are in a wild card spot are very close on the outside looking in. Um, And we're going to talk about who we think is in and out of that National Wild Card spot as we had. We got pretty much three full weeks left of the regular season. The standings entering today, which is September 12th. Uh The Phillies are on top. Three and a half games up on 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 in the wild card. The Cubs are sitting in the second wild card spot. They are two games up. The Diamondbacks are right even on that third wild card spot. And then you got the Marlins who are a game and a half back, the Giants who are also a game and a half back, and the Reds who are two games back. Uh you got the Padres kind of sitting there, taking one out of it. They're about, you know, six or seven games out, but you know, they're kind of out of it at this point. But they're technically still in it. Uh, but really between those six teams, and if you want to throw the Padres in, you can. But my question is simple. Which three teams are in and which teams are out of the ones that I've mentioned? Uh, James, I'll start with you.
3: I mean, Phillies are for sure in. (laughs) I'm not even going to try to argue against that one. Um, Unfortunately, I was dead wrong about the Cubs, and they're in. I really hope they were going to start losing, but they're not. So I'm not going to argue against that one either. But the third wild card spot is where it gets a little interesting for me. And that is where I picked the Cincinnati Reds to make it in. Tyler, I hope that makes you happy.
1: Nice, it does.
3: <laughs> the biggest thing going on here is that um, they're, as of tonight's game, so only one game back from that wild card spot. And then they have the easiest schedule moving forward Detroit, the Yanks, the Twins, Pittsburgh, Guardians, and the Cardinals. That's how they finish. That's an easy way to finish out your regular season. And it's really going to propel you forward. Like the Bay Area and me really wanted to pick the Giants to make that last spot. But they end their season with seven games against the Dodgers. That just... That's, it's, I'm sorry, man. Like that's not happening. So, by default, I'm going to go Cincinnati, and I, I still really like Cincinnati's team.
1: Yeah, they're definitely still in the thick of it for sure. I like that pick, Alex. Who do you got in and out?
0: Yes, I agree with James on two points: the Phillies and the Cubs. Phillies for sure are a lock. Um, the Cubs. I, I boldly, I think Tyler, you were gone on your honeymoon, boldly picked the Cubs to come back and win the division. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with those two teams in there. I really thought about the giants, but like James mentioned, they play a lot of games against the Dodgers at the end of the season. And in my as biased opinion, as I possibly can, I will be in san francisco at the dodgers giants game the very last game of the season mm. i really would love for them the giants to miss out by one game because the dodgers beat them on the final game of the season i'm just gonna put that out there no think it's gonna happen so i think the giants are out i'm a little worried about cincinnati i'm a little worried about miami i called the arizona diamondbacks dead three weeks ago i'm officially saying i was wrong i'm going d-backs the snakes are making the playoffs all right. So
1: you're kind of liking it as is. Uh trade in. What about you? Yeah, so Philly's in. We don't have to discuss that. <laughs> um, Chicago's out
2: because they're going to the division top. Wow. I have Milwaukee going to the wild card. Um, I know that sounds crazy. They they're they're two and a half games back. They're obviously if they come back against Colorado, they can tighten that back up. They Chicago plays Milwaukee in the final final three games of this of this season that could be it that could be what they need to to uh they went out and they can they can take that spot so i'm you know what i'm saying i'm going i'm doubling down. Chicago, chicago's out of the wild card they're in to the divisional leader milwaukee's taking the the second wild card spot uh actually they would take the first wild card spot um and um you know philly would philly would be second and my third oh man this is tough um i i, I don't trust miami so it really comes down to Cincy, San Francisco and Arizona. I, 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 I'm sorry. She's going to hear this. I can't trust San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I I, I can't like, I've had an issue. I know they've won four in a row here. And and I, and I think that's great. I I have an issue with the fact that they don't have a a solid starting lineup. They're playing these bullpen games that I think just are tiring their entire fucking bullpen out. And I just don't think it's sustainable. And I think it's, it already has caught up to them and they're lucky that they have won the last four. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say Arizona just because I don't know. I have no, I have no reasoning behind it. I'm, um, i um, I just want to be a little, I guess a little different. I, I'm just, I, I hope it's San Francisco. I just, I just can't bet on them right now because they've, they, they've really shown that the the way that they've structured their, their starting pitching lineup, it, it, it's not sustainable. And, um, if I learn anything about baseball, you need to have a starting lineup that can, that can sustain and keep you through the entire, you know, 162 game season.
1: You are correct about that. I like that you, uh, you know, went a little bit um, different there with 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 the Cubs winning the division. I definitely think that's a winnable division for them for sure. At, at, at this point, um, that could definitely happen. So I definitely like that kind of twist there. Um, I'm going to be a little bit different here. So obviously, I agree with what most of you guys are saying. I think Phillies and uh, Cubs. I, I don't think the Cubs are qu- going to quite catch the Brewers, um, but I like them at, in in that second wild card spot. For the third one, Matt, I, I agree with you guys. I think you can make a case for each one of these teams. Um, and I'm going to go with the Miami Marlins just because they seem to be a team that I've been talking shit about all year that it makes no sense that they've been this good. And there's just something about this team. If Jorge Soler can come back from his injury, that he, his, 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 his oblique injury, which it sounds like he will come back within the, the next week or so. I think that this Miami team is going to have a good chance at making it. And in a season where a lot of things don't make sense, Miami making the playoffs just seems like the perfect kind of fit to that. Uh, so I'm going to go with Miami, just somehow finding a way to grab that third wildcard spot. But I mean, you, like I said, you guys all made a case for pretty much all these teams. And I think those are all very valid. So I think this wild wildcard spot, especially that third one, that that third spot is going to come down the wire and it's going to be a very fun race to watch. Uh, so let's move on to my second. Oh, damn, a little bit of off of the field comments that were interesting. I think, uh, George Kirby is starting pitcher for the, uh, Seattle Mariners. Last week, uh, he gave up a game-tying two-run home run in the seventh inning um on his 102nd pitch of the game. Um, it would eventually lead to a loss against the uh the, the Tampa Bay Rays in a weekend. Uh we'll talk about it a little bit later that the the uh, Rays did, did, did win that series. Um after the game, he had a comment that I think raised a lot of eyebrows and he said, and I quote, I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh, to be honest, and said that there'd be a conversation soon with him and the manager. Um, I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, days later, he came out and he apologized for his comments, and he said, "Obviously, I screwed up. That's not me. Skip has always got to pry the bottom of my hands. It's super uncharacteristic of uncharacteristic of me as a player and who I am out on the mound." Um, but Twitter was blowing up about this. Uh, a lot of people had a lot of things to say about his comments of not wanting to be out there as a starting pitcher. It kind of goes against a lot of the mentality that you're kind of taught and that what's, what's kind of, that's a normal mentality for any pitcher, but especially a starting pitcher to have. So I'm just interested to see what you guys think about these comments from, from George Kirby here. Um, trade I'll start with you. I find it tough to hear. I mean, I, 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 look, I,
2: I understand that, that athletes need to, um, you know, have a voice and, and, um, you know, and, and, and they have feelings and they have, you know, they have a, a gas meter, so to speak. I I would think that that's something that you talk about with your, with your, within the team confines. And that's not something that, that I would immediately go to. Like I, I couldn't imagine, you know, I, even even the even the baseball even the basketball players that I that I talk shit about in terms of the load management they don't open up about that in front of everybody. They 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 keep it well within the confines of the team and it it it, it, it makes them look a little soft. I mean, I know that he was probably gassed. I appreciate that and I'm not going to say that he wasn't gas That's that's fucked up too. But you just can't say that in front of in front of everyone. It just it just is is not a good look and uh you know, I could anybody see Kobe doing that? There's no fucking way. There's not even. There's no fucking way that a player of, of that caliber of, of competitiveness would let anybody know that that he had an issue with that. Um I don't know if the team needs to have some sort of like sign that says, "Hey, like I'm I'm kind of feeling it. Like I need to get out." I don't know if that even is, is even a thing. I don't. I, you know, I don't know how much the pitcher has to dictate how many pitches he gets. Maybe you guys could opine on that after I'm done here, but. It, it, it seems like it's a little bit of a sign of the times, unfortunately. That it's just like athletes are just getting a little softer, I guess. And 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 and, I'm, and that's not to say that you know, Alex, you did point out that I'm a little bit of a boomer, and I'm not trying to be that much of a boomer here. Uh, but I, it, it, it's just sad. I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine any other p- uh, player from any other uh, you know any of the other leagues, including baseball, like have the balls to say that in front of everybody like that, um, you can say it to your coach, and I'm pretty sure it's talked about, especially, uh, you know, throughout these other leagues, but to say it in front of the, you know, in front of the media like that, I just make, it makes you look very soft and I don't know what, I don't know what a coach is thinking. I, like, it, it, it'd be tough. It's tough to, to manage that.
1: Yeah. Um, t- in terms of, uh, you know, the kind of the, the communication that goes on, I mean, I don't think that the mayors would be any different from, any baseball team that I've seen or that 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 I know but part of. If for a starting pitcher, when you start to get to that kind of sixth, seventh inning, you start to get to that hundred pitch mark, there's always a conversation between the head coach and the pitcher, say, How are you feeling? It's that that's always a thing. You know, are, are you are you good to go for one more? Talk to me. How are you feeling? That's always a conversation. Um, that's what makes these comments kind of interesting. Um, because if he said, if he said, Hey man, I'm just feeling a little bit tired, I think I'm done. I feel like the coach would have respected that unless there was a conversation that was had, like, hey, maybe our, we need to do one more. Our bullpen's been a little bit taxed. Can you go out one more? Maybe try to convince them a little bit. Um, maybe that's what happened. I don't think there's been like specifics on details of what the conversations in, in, in the dugout were previously going out to the seventh inning, but there was usually always a conversation between the coach and the pitcher, especially that late in the game when, you, when the pitch count starting to get a little up there. But, um, James, what are your thoughts on all this?
3: I think it's the lack of accountability that really bothers me here. Because something went wrong, right? And then he couldn't take the blame himself. He's like, the, Skip should have pulled me out. Like, I, I shouldn't have been out there. Like, I wish I wasn't out there. Like, you should have just known to take me out. You couldn't have been just... I, I pitched poorly. I gave home a home run. I'm, that's on me. That's the mature way to go about this here. Like, if, if this game skip was different, you had 102 pitches in the seventh inning, pitching a perfect game, and Skip pulls you out because... Before you were like, I should have been pulled out in the seventh out of 102 pitches. Would you be pissed? You would probably be pissed and you'd have the gas to keep going. But because the results gave up this thing, and now you're on the hook for being a bad pitcher for having a throwing one thing down the middle. That's not on you, my guy. Stop blaming your coach about this. That is not the mentality that you should be having as a pitcher on a team that's going for it right now.
1: And that's why Seattle sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh Alex, your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with the boys. Like I I think what he's saying is not the worst thing in the world. I think the way he said it is poorly executed. I think if he says, Yeah, you know, I was a little fatigued. I missed my spot. We're not even discussing this. And you know, and I'm and then if he says that, and then you know, but in the clubhouse behind closed doors, no media talks with, uh, you know, the Mariners pitching coach and everything and says, yeah, honestly, by that point, like I'm, I'm pretty gassed. And you look at the stats too, kind of after the 80 to 85 pitch mark, he, he's really good through 80 to 85. And then the OPS against him goes skyrockets after that. So yeah, Tyler, I think you're right. When you mentioned, you know, there's a chance that, you know, at the end of the sixth inning, he was like, yeah, I don't know, man, I'm pretty gassed. And maybe they said, hey, we need you for one more, bull. we need we need another inning for the bullpen or whatever it may be. Um, and I don't think there's any shame in then saying like, yeah, like I'm gassed, I'm not the best option. You know, you don't want your defenseman playing four minutes straight when he's gassed when there's fresh legs out there and he's going to get burned. Like you see guys called like in hockey, you know, obviously the coach changes lines and things, but they can kind of call themselves out if they're like, holy shit, I'm fucking exhausted. Like, I'm just a, I'm just a stick on the ice at this point, like nothing else. So I think he went about it wrong and you know, it, everything always gets blown up in the media as well. Um, And yeah, it's a little sad on like the competitive side, but they're in the heat of a playoff race. You know, that was, that was a poor showing by them this weekend against Tampa. And now they're, you know, technically out of it. So I just say it better, (laughs) just say it better. And we wouldn't even be talking about it. Yeah, I think I agree.
1: I, I don't think he should have said this to the media. I think conversations like this certainly happen between managers and p- pitching staffs uh, behind closed doors. There's no there's no problem with discussing, you know, hey, I'm, you know, usually around this time, you know, I kind of max out and it, it would be great if I, you know, maybe just wasn't out there just for the sake of, you know, the team winning. So everyone wants to win at the end of the day. And when you don't win, you lose. Everyone's upset. And I think what's what's alarming is like, obviously he had a lot of time to, Kind of ponder this decision, and you know the report. You know, obviously he got pulled in the seventh. there's probably at least an hour between the time he got pulled and the, by the time he talked to the media. So he was pondering this for quite a bit, which is kind of alarming. So I think there's been a lot of maybe frustration that he's been trying to communicate this with his, with his coaching staff, and they just haven't been listening. I don't really know. There's probably a lot of we don't know in terms of like the relationship between him and him and the coaching staff. But it's certainly at a glance a terrible look for Kirby. Like I don't think anyone likes people saying these kind of things from competitive athletes. I just, I just don't think anyone likes that. And I don't like it either. You know, I think as a, as a pitcher, as a, as, as a former pitcher, and you know, I think you have to have the mentality of it doesn't really matter if you've thrown two pitches or 102 pitches, like you're going out there and you're competing every pitch and whatever happens happens. And as, as James mentioned, if you, give, if you give up a, a two run bomb because you miss your spot, you miss your spot. It doesn't have to do with the fact that, you know, you're, Statistically more tired after 85 pitches or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, just just not a good look for for Curry. But you know, I think he came out. He apologized for it. Hopefully that that you know they they can move on from all this. Also, think you know from the manager's perspective, I think managing a pitching staff. Throughout, throughout the game situation throughout a whole season is probably one of the more underrated more difficult things a, ma- a coach has to do um there's a lot of moving parts and it's a very very complicated system um and i think this kind of brings that to light a little bit it's not a simple answer um and it's, it involves a lot of conversation a lot of there's and nowadays with all the stats that we have it's there there's a lot going on but yeah definitely a, just a bad look for kirby but hopefully the mariners obviously they're they're, they're they're in the thick of a postseason race. They can move on from it. I think Kirby pitches against the Dodgers this weekend. So we'll kind of see how he bounces back from, from all this trade. Did you have something else you wanted to add or was that?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, Cause I, I don't think we should just be just quickly. I don't think we should just be grilling George, uh, George Kirby as the, as the only uh, uh, pitcher that, that looks soft this week. Um, Alec Manoa, not showing up to your triple a, not tr- showing up to your triple a team. Fuck you, dude. Fuck yeah. you. Ne- and never step foot in, in Toronto ever again. You
1: fucking bastard. Yeah, he's uh he's having one of the worst years I think ever. Maybe uh, I just he is just you know we'll see what happens with him and, and his future. But I agree, I think that's a definitely a a really bad look for him. Even worse than Kirby, I think. Uh, you know, not oh, even showing he's... up and even trying. You know, I think that's probably one of the worst things you can do as an athlete. So, uh, yeah, Alec Manoa is having a real shitty 2023 no doubt um let's move on to our final uh series picks of the week we i guess we have to go over what happened last week i'm not happy about it but let's let's get into it um so last week we had the diamondbacks at the cubs james you're the only one to correctly pick the diamondbacks they almost swept which almost gave me a, re- a, a reverse sweep penalty thank god the, the 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 cubs won on sunday um but the but the diamondbacks ended up w- winning that series three to four uh the rays Ended up, as we just mentioned, uh, beating the Mariners, uh, three out of four. Uh, James, you were one or James and Traden, you guys both won, um, that, that series. And then, uh, the Marlins went to Philadelphia and upset the Phillies, which Trading you picking Miami fi- finally paid off for you. You were the only one that got that series pick. The rest of us got the L on that one. So, uh, James and Traden, you both had pretty solid weeks, two and one. Congrats. Alex, you and I, oh, for three. Uh, <laughs> So that brings us to the overall standings. Uh, Alex and Traden, you guys are once again tied at the bottom, uh, 12 and 16. Uh, I have officially moved to the last column. I'm 14 and 15. And James, at this point, you... (laughs) you're you're cruising at 18 and 11 um oh you know God. the rest of the way you just have to be probably 500 and i think you got this thing in the bag so you got about three weeks left of picks don't fuck it up all right so uh <laughs> here's where we're at right now for this week i got three i got three uh series for you guys first one the dodgers are heading up to the pacific northwest to take on the seattle mariners alex what do you got yeah i'm gonna go to the dodgers this time all right dodgers for alex James.
3: Can you just guess what I'm gonna pick?
1: Yeah, L.A. So yeah, yeah, I'm, votes, I'm yeah. sweeping this one too. <laughs> Dodgers, oh, and, Dodgers, okay. And
2: the sweep, James. Fuck, <laughs> Dodgers are gonna. Dodgers are gonna win, but now I can't take the sweep, or otherwise I tie with him. So <laughs> I mean, you could, but it's up to you. Yeah, Dodgers are gonna eat the Mariners' lunch. Fuck the Mariners now. All right. wow.
1: yeah, I'm gonna go Dodgers too. Obviously, um, you know, if, even with the Dodgers, you know, they, with the banged that pitching staff, I think they're still a very good baseball team. And I think you know, the Mariners are scuffling just a little bit. Um, all right. Ray's taking on the Orioles. This is a, this is a series that I've been waiting for, for a long time that the top two teams in the American league East, this series could arguably, you know, decide who wins this division. So, um, race at Orioles Trade. What do you got? Um, I have Tampa Bay
2: I'm winning this one.
1: All
0: right. I like it, Alex. I'm also going to go Tampa. Cause I just want this to get tighter in the AL East coming to the end. For sure. James.
3: Race three to one.
1: All right. I'm going to go Baltimore here. Um, I think Baltimore has been as consistent as a team that they come. They're at home. I think that they've had some great mojo. And I think that they're going to kind of seal the bag on the American League East in that series. Well, let's move on to the Cubs and Diamondbacks part two. So back to back weeks, except we're flipping where they're playing. They're going to Arizona. Uh, so hopefully we'll see what happens here. Uh, James, what do you got?
3: D backs winning two
1: to one. Now uh, you're sticking with the snakes trading. James just does not like the Cubs. I
3: don't. Cubs
2: are
1: sweeping. Cubs are sweeping. Cubs with the sweep.
0: Uh, Alex. Yeah, this is how I get ahead of trading. The D backs are sweeping, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with the Cubs again. I picked them last week. They failed me, but I'm going to pick them this week. I think they're to come back with some vengeance. Like I said, as you know, they're, they're, they're trying to not only win the wild card, they're trying to win the division. So they got to start winning some ball games here. So those are our picks of the week. Uh, tune in next week to see how we do. Obviously, uh, James is the man to beat. We need him to go over three for any of us to have a s- small chance of trying to catch up here. But, uh,
0: that's what we got for baseball this week. Awesome. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, good thing I'm on team James. So really I also get a win as when James finishes, uh, finishes this out unless he fucks it up Uh, (laughs) that will end episode 165. You guys, um, hopefully you're enjoying the NFL season getting off, um, on a hot start. Hopefully you're getting ready for baseball playoffs coming up and basketball and hockey are coming back sooner rather than later. Can't wait to see the boys this week again, football and beer and all the other shenanigans I'm sure we will get into. I hope you guys all have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you next time.